Welcome back to the Geeks from the Multiverse podcast. We have a great episode for you. We're going back in time and talking about Back to the Future. So that's right. We're going to strap in. We're going to set those dials to 1985. We're going to go back in time. So let's get geeky. All right, Matt. So, you know, we were talking a little bit before the episode on, you know, just the overall view of one of the cult classics, I would say now. And I know it sounds weird to say, you know, Back to the Future, right? Because, like, it really is, I would say, a really awesome movie in, in really all three parts. Right. And, you know, in a lot yeah, of different yeah. ways. I mean, but, you know, I, I look at Back to the Future as if you haven't seen this movie, how dare you? Like, cause it, yeah. you should have already seen this movie. I think if you haven't seen this movie, one, you need to shut this podcast off and maybe you need to find another podcast about like flowers or shopping or ASMR. If that's your, you know, like liking. somebody licking a microphone, like something other than this. Yeah. And I would say that get a history lesson, my friend, because I'm gonna tell you, if you haven't explored the eighties again, Go back in time, go see this. I guarantee you, you're going to be like, wow. And I mean, it's funny though, you know, you and I were talking about how, you know, Back to the Future really mentioned a lot of interesting, like futuristic, I would say like technology and, and different things, kind of like what the Simpsons has done, like the Simpsons, like the TV show and whatnot, like how they've like created the, the show. And then all of a sudden they like, they show like different scenes on like, you know, politicians. Like, so like uh, Donald Trump. Right. Because they were like, oh, well, maybe Donald Trump could become president one day. Long and behold, here he is. Right. You know, like yeah. those are the kinds of things. And so it's interesting that, you know, Back to the Future was a movie before its time and it showed a lot of interesting technology. Well, like, it had an interesting you know, concept, too. I mean, it, it, it really was like going back and, and trying to fix something from the past that really didn't need to be fixed. You know, like it's, it's really like controlling your own destiny. Right. And it, and I would also say this movie's like a, like the butterfly effect, right? Because you change one thing, it's going to destroy yeah. everything around you. So not only just like, if you change one thing in the past, I mean, clearly the future is going to be totally different. And so like, that's what back to the future kind of does as well. Like, you know, granted he goes back in the past, then he goes to the future and then he even goes further way back in the past. So it, it, it's interesting how they have to, you know, keep going back and forth like that. But it, it's just because of one moment. Now they have to right. do all these different right. parts to the, the series, you know? Yeah. And it's, it's interesting how, like, you have all three movies, but, like, they go back in the past and they change one little detail. And it changes, like, 1985. But 1985 changes how 2015 exists. Well, so right now they have to go into the future to change 2015 and in doing that like obviously they go into 1885 to to do all that but like it, it's really like if you just kind of left things the way they were and didn't adjust anything things would have worked out normally how they were supposed to right and it's interesting how doc brown you know, how he just was like, hey, you know, Marty, I got this cool machine. You know, Marty's kind of like, I don't believe you. 
you know, and he's like, you know, putting in the vegetables and all the, like the junk and he's like throwing it in there. And, you know, Marty just like, what are you doing? Like, why aren't you putting gas? And he's like, well, you know, where we're going, you know, you don't, I don't remember exactly what he said off the top of my head, but basically it was just interesting. Like he was like not believing him in that moment. And he was well, just they like, put the, you know, he put that like the juicer basically was what it oh, was. Yeah. Was, no, yeah. It basically like made a, you know, it made trash into fuel. But I think the quote that you're looking for was like where we where we're going, we don't need roads. Oh yeah, yeah, okay, right, right. I just again, it's it's because been a while since he I've basically seen it, yeah. made the DeLorean able to fly. Right, and I mean, you know, especially when you know that one famous scene where you know Doc gets killed, and then Marty, you know, jumps into the DeLorean, and then he goes back in time without realizing it, and then he's just all of a sudden he's like, where am I? You know, and then he has yeah. to meet up with Doc and he has to like figure out how can he get back to his original time. And then, of course, you know, the movie goes you know, on. Yeah, he, explains he, other things, he's but. doing, I think, what we would all do in that present moment. Like we we see somebody who's peeping and we go, what the heck is this guy doing? You know, and we stop him from doing it, not knowing like, oh, crap, this guy's like this guy's my dad. Yeah, and then not even realizing that. Not knowing in that moment, like, you just stopped something that was meant to happen. And in the, in the process of that happening, you actually fall out of said tree, and the car hits you, and now you're the object of the history now. Yeah, and I mean, I know we'll talk about it later, but, you know, the whole dynamic between marty and his mother is a very interesting topic <laughs> which we will mention that in the, very like the next episode yes. but i mean the overall concept of this you know all like three parts i mean it's interesting because you know they're basing everything off of in the 1980s you know and trying to predict what the future is going to be right because a lot of the technology that we have now some of it is true and some of it was kind of over-exaggerated in some ways. Yeah, definitely over-exaggerated. I think, you know, when they were looking at, you know, the future and looking at 2015, I mean, obviously they're in 1985, so they had no idea what 2015 was going to look like, but I think they had an idea that, like, in 2015, like, we weren't going to have flying cars. Like, we weren't going to have some of this technology. No, but, like, you know, like, for example, like the hoverboard. Right. Because like that was a thing that they were like, oh, yeah, this is going to happen. I mean, they have a version of it, but it's not quite the exact version that, you know, Back to the Future shows in the actual, you know, show or yes. the, the movie. But like, you know, they have different things like the what was it? The Nike, like the the, 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 the air mags. Yeah, the air mags. What they're yeah. called. Yeah. So like there's certain things about it that have. Well, like flying cars and, and certain things yeah. that like are like we don't have flying cars and they knew. Back then, like, well, in 2015, on. we weren't going to have flying cars. No, but, I mean, there are prototypes. I know that there are some prototypes that are designed to, like, either, like, flow on water and, like, flying some, like, in an aircraft kind of, like, form. But it's not quite the way they do it, like, off. The way they have it. I mean, in Back to the Future, they, the way that they showed it was, especially in Part 2, it, there was a highway. Yeah, like a sky highway, basically, yeah. Yeah, where cars were clearly flying right i mean we're not no we're not anywhere close to no that we're not right anywhere close. <laughs> i mean granted it would eliminate some of the traffic 
That's for sure. But I mean, maybe, maybe, I mean, it might actually be worse. I feel like, you know, if you're like, there's an aircraft coming your way, I feel like I might want to drive at that point because there might be less traffic driving. <laughs> That's yeah. true. Yeah. You, but yeah, no, you're right. You're right. Um, so, you know, man, I was thinking about it. The, what, cause I, I actually didn't know this, but what is the original concept, you know, for this movie? So, I mean, the initial concept, I mean, Bob Gale and Robert Zemeckis were the ones who wrote Back to the Future. And in the 80s, they wanted to develop a film that was about time travel that struggled to create, you know, struggled to create like that, you know, satisfying narrative that they were kind of desperate for. Because like, I think that there were time travel stories that were already created in that time frame, but they didn't quite create that like story that they were looking for. So when Gail visited his parents, he came across his, his dad's yearbook oh, and okay. he kind of came across his thought, like what if my dad and I were friends when he was in high school? I mean, I feel like my dad would like, you know, and not want to be friends with me. <laughs> I feel like he'd be like, what are you doing, loser? Like, and then like push me away or something. His his dad didn't quite think so, but you know, he realized like he could test this theory if if he could travel back in time when he was his parents like age. And like he shared this idea with Zemeckis, who, you know, he also talked to his mother about, you know, the past. And his mother you know, would share these childhood stories, but they were often contradictory. Mm, so they were very, very different. So it was like, they kind of like sketched out this idea and acted out each scene and they kind of developed this story that ended up being like Back to the Future. You know, it, it was like, they believe like time travel films focused on the past being immutable and wanted to show, you know, the past being altered and the, the effect that the changes would have on the future. I, I think it's interesting that, you know, when these two guys met, you know, they, they were kind of like thinking to themselves, okay, what could be a movie that could literally in some ways just like alter, I guess the movie industry, you know, because like they didn't think about it back then, but like you never would have thought like even now, right? Because like if that movie, like if those series of films never came out, you know, how would the '80s actually look like? Right. You know what I'm saying? Because like yeah. it, it is the reason why I say it is a a cult classic, right? Because I know some, you know, older fans out there apologize, but you know it is like it, it's a it's a great you know set of films and everything, and it you know of course like everyone's like yeah I want to go see in the movies I want to go do this and like it became such a big phenomenon like in, in so many different ways. I mean, granted, I know you and I were talking about it, but like, you know, you're right. I couldn't even imagine like Michael J. Fox, for example, um, you know, let's say doing another film right now, because we understand that, you know, yes, he has Parkinson's. He, you know, he can't really act as well. He can't do all that, you know, like he used to. And even Christopher Lloyd, he's already in his like, I'm pretty sure he's in his nineties. So it's like he's already pushing it, and so having those two main characters, like you couldn't recreate a film you like that. You couldn't recreate it, yeah. Or it would be very difficult, 
And, and so, you know, I agree that, you know, these guys, I would agree that if you ever remade it, like it, you're really dishonoring the, the legacy that it has because yeah. you couldn't re like really recreate it. You know I mean? We have yeah. a lot of technology for sure. Like we could, you know, put in people's faces like CGI, but it's not the same. It wouldn't be the same. And you would be losing that same spark. Even if you remade it with somebody else or you made kind of a new, you know, spin-off movie where it's not a sequel, it's not a prequel, it's not a remake. It's just kind of a new back to the future story. It still kind of wouldn't be the same. Right. It's not the same nostalgia. I think that's yeah. really what it is, yeah. you know. Um but you know, they they wanted to make this this movie based on, you know, kind of this experience that they had with, you know, visiting his parents, which is kind of a crazy thing. Like, you know, you're just visiting your parents and you're like, we should make a movie of, of somebody going back in time and, you know, changing something in the past. And then now their parents don't meet like that doesn't happen nowadays. No, you're right. I mean, it's that, 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 sorry, was an original design, right? Because like, you know, Unfortunately, we've talked about it before where, you know, a lot of people have gone, basically, they'll, they'll make a movie, but it's actually based in, like, let's say back in, like, the 60s when they originally made it, and then they're just recreating the, the wheel right. in a way, and they're not really using original ideas anymore. Like, that was an original film. That was that an was original, original idea. idea. Right. Right? So, like, that, that's where I'm thinking that a lot of, you know, movies nowadays, that, that's the, the service that they're doing to themselves, because they're, oh, wait, you know, what's that called? Jet, chat? GPT, you know, like oh, yeah. I, I, I keep telling you, like I feel like the AI should just take over for writing, and then you know we get. You know, I I actually said that in the post not too long ago. Yeah, you're right. You know, you did, and I just think it's funny that we should look at that because clearly we need to have the writers take a break and let AI take over for a little bit and actually and start doing stuff. I'll actually mention the post because in the in the actual posting was an article saying that they were thinking about doing a She-Hulk season two. Oh boy! With, and, wait, 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 with AI. And in my post, I said, maybe they should look at using AI to write season two scripts <laughs> since the writers are on strike. Yeah, I agree. Because maybe it won't be crap. No, I agree. I mean, there's a lot of like TV shows that could have easily done that. And, and I think, it, you know what, if you start with one, then why not do it with all the other ones? I mean, Especially maybe they out. should have started with the Flash movie. I mean, <laughs> I'm not <laughs> going to no, leave I, it at that. I but, agree. you know, in the, in the draft that they wrote, um, they basically had wrote that video pirate, and, and I, I use quotations here, video pirate Professor Brown, you know, builds a time machine that sends his young friend Marty back in the 1950s where he interrupts his parents' first meeting. I, I feel like you could have said young ward, kind of like a Batman. Young ward. Yeah, you know, like my young ward, Robin. You know, it's like, I don't know, that just reminded me of that. But I mean, that's kind of what he was to him. In some ways. I mean, he was a young lad that was like, he was taking him under his wing in some ways. Yeah, and I mean, I think the movie never really explains how they, how they initially met. Oh, I agree. I would always love to know how these two... Oh, yeah, I, I would love to know. Because these two... I'm assuming maybe he was like a student or mentor or something. I mean... I, I feel like it's got to be a mentor or something. I mean, I feel like Marty was that, that dumb kid who just didn't know what was going on with his life. And then he was just like, oh, you know what? I want to choose this guy. I want to give him a really interesting life. And then, you know, it'd be interesting if he was like Morty. Oh, you're right. It could be like a Rick and Morty. It very well could be. Maybe that's what, how they got it. Maybe Marty was a clone. Mm. Mm. Do you want to go down the rabbit hole? No, I don't. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Maybe next episode. Maybe next episode. Because yeah. this is a part one of two. That's true. Um, you know, so let's, 
let's talk about the characters, right? So, I mean, I think we got the gist of like the concept, but like the initial casting, I understand that Marty McFly was originally not even supposed to be Michael J. Fox. That's correct. Because the one thing about Michael J. Fox was when this movie was initially like, you know, the script was made and, and casting was, was done. Uh, Michael J. Fox was currently doing Family Ties. So Family Ties was filming and they did not want to damage Family Ties' success with him doing this movie. So I do know that there is a documentary that shows um, Michael J. Fox basically doing both Back to the Future and doing Family Ties. And it was like he was running back and forth. So he would sit there. So he would basically wake up at like four or five in the morning yeah. and go do family ties. And then he would go film. And then I think he would go back to family ties again. And then it was like he would do that every oh, yeah, single yeah, day. Yeah, yeah. And it was ridiculous. I mean, yeah, it, was, was it was like grueling. 16 hours a yeah, day. It was grueling. Yeah. yeah. And like literally had no time to. There himself. was a story where he was on the set of family ties and he was looking for a prop. And the prop that he was looking for was a camera. <laughs> and the, the camera was actually a prop for Back to the Future. Oh, of course. And they were, you know, it, so it was kind of like this funny thing. Like, he's, he's looking all over, like, I'm looking for this camera. And they're like, that's not a prop for this show. <laughs> I mean, you know? credit. I mean, he was what? I think he was, was he like 20, 18? I, I was like, he was like in his he early. Was, he was pretty young, yeah. Yeah, like, and so he's like juggling both. And it, it's crazy. Like, he was basically the, the film star in that sense. You know, as yeah, a, and that's what, you know, him, him and Family Ties and how he acted in that show was what drew, you know, Galen Zemeckis to, you know, him being in Back to the Future. It was like his comedic timing and his clumsiness, like his overall character in that show was what they thought Marty McFly was as a character. So... Yeah, like, in the, like I was gonna say, like in the original, you know, casting. I know, so I had to look. I know we, I had to look him up because I had no idea who this exact person was. But Eric Stoltz, right? So yep. Eric Stoltz was originally the the person, and then when I looked at him, I said, oh, "Okay, I can see why they would want to choose him." It, like the the person, maybe like the looks and the personality, maybe a little bit. But like, I didn't. And, I, and when I looked at the movies that he did, I mean, granted, me, I was looking at it, and I'm like. I don't even know. Maybe some of the movies, maybe, so but like, the, it wasn't a really well-known At the time, Eric Stoltz was a very serious actor. He just came off a movie. Oh, uh, okay. And for the life of me, I forget what the movie is. Um, but it was, it was, he's played very serious roles. And when he was on this movie, he was very much a method actor. He probably still is a method actor. But when he was on this movie, he was he was method acting. So when he was on camera, when he was off camera, he was always Marty McFly. So and, it was, it's almost like if you had to do, like if you're playing the Joker, like in that. And, and that was very much like you know when you have um, Jared Leto when he was playing Joker, he was method acting and he was Joker all the time. And he had a lot of conflicts with the cast and the crew. It was very much like the same thing with Eric Stoltz. Like there was times when he had a lot of conflicts with the cast and the crew. And 
eventually they decided like he just wasn't right for the the role and i because like the way he was playing the character was serious like he he had said like he wasn't a comedic actor um he had no idea why they would like cast him in this role if they were looking for a comedic actor but he was playing the role very seriously and that's why they ultimately like recast him because he just wasn't right for the role and they went back to Michael J. Vox and they said like hey you know let's work out a deal and then they worked out a deal with you know with fam- family ties yeah family ties and they did all that but Eric you know Eric Stoltz like I said he was coming off a movie you know called Mask and he was playing, you know, a character that had kind of a, you know, distorted face and, and was, it was a very serious role with Cher. Um, okay, yeah, no, I remember seeing like some scenes. I don't remember seeing the whole entire film, but. But yeah, I mean, he just, he just wasn't right for the, for the movie. And he actually filmed a lot of scenes in this movie. And if you go to YouTube, you could actually see, you know, there is one scene when he's in the calf, you know, that, that kind of, you know, um. I want to call it a cafe, but it's not a cafe. It's a like a roadhouse kind of a oh yeah, yeah. a diner. I guess you call you call it. Um, it's back in the fifties, and it's when Biff kind of shows up and he's oh, talking to George. And you, yeah, it's that scene when Michael J. Fox usually is when the, the scene that we know it. Yeah, he's kind of peeking around the corner, like he's you see oh, his yeah, head yeah. kind of peek around Biff. Except in this scene. It's Eric Stoltz. Okay. No, 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 no. Yeah. So I, I know what you're talking about. It's also the, like, George was sitting there, and then Biff comes out of nowhere. He, like, starts beating the crap out of him, or, like, pick him up and, like, throw him against the, I think it was, like, the table or something. I don't know what it was. But basically, yeah, he's yeah, kind of like he's he's giving like, him a noogie. Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. So, and, and you, you see Biff, he's giving him the noogie, and you see, you know, he sees, he knows it's George, and he, but you, you kind of see him, like, looking at like looking at George cuz he's kind of dumbfounded that like I'm looking at my dad. Yeah, and I mean I feel like like kind of going back to you know the beginning of like you know the whole Marty McFly thing like I couldn't imagine Eric Stoltz like playing him. Like if it was that serious of a role, you know what I mean cuz like yeah. you know Michael J Fox was that kind of like comedian Kind of like he played a little bit serious, but then he would, you know, but he would have well, his funny like moments that, and that clumsiness and that that comedic timing and and you know the unknownness of his situation. Like I think that that's that's what really made and I th- Marty McFly. But when you when you play it serious, it takes the comedy out of it and it makes it a drama. Well, and I I agree, and I also think that you know with really Marty McFly, I mean he's supposed to be this young kid. Right. And so like Michael J. Fox was already a young kid as it was. So it, it kind of made more sense to go with somebody a lot, probably younger, because I don't think I don't know how old he was in like that time frame. But like, I guarantee yeah. you, Michael J. Fox, like, again, he was like in his like 18, 20, like he already was in a young enough role where he could continue on and and still do all that. But, um, you know, with basically the the next character, though. Like, well, there were other actors that were considered, so I do, oh, I, oh, I, I do, oh, I do kind of want to read them off real quick because okay, some of them are quite interesting actually. So some of the other actors that were considered, you know, I I do think you know Michael J. Fox was always considered number one for, um, 
you know, Marty McFly, Eric Stoltz was ultimately picked, but some of the other actors were John Cusack, uh, C. Thomas Howell, Johnny Depp. I mean, Johnny Depp, I would have, <laughs> I don't know how well you would have done that, right? Because, I mean, you well, Ralph Macchio. I mean, I don't know about that. <laughs> I mean, I'm looking at it too because the, the next one, Charlie Sheen. No, I mean, could you no imagine? Way. No, I could not. I mean, no, not even a chance. I mean, John. John Cryer. I mean, no. Ben Stiller. Peter DeLuise. Peter DeLuise. Billy Zane. George Newbern. Robert Downey Jr. Robert Downey Jr. Christopher Collette. I don't know who that is, to I be honest. Either, Matthew no. Modine. Nope. And Corey Hart. Corey Hart. So those are some of the actors that were considered for, you know, Marty McFly. I mean, I would say Johnny Depp, Charlie Sheen, Billy Zane, Ben Stiller, Robert Downey Jr. I don't know if any of those guys would have really done no. it any justice, to and be I honest. Think, I mean, granted, I understand Robert Downey Jr. was, you know, he was big in the 80s and 90s and, you know, kind of that. I mean, scene, even, but... even Ralph Macchio in Karate Kid, you know, he has the new series right now. Yeah. No, but in, I... in Karate Kid, and he's still not a good actor. Okay. As a kid, I think he did better than he did now with it being an adult. In Karate Kid, back in the 80s, he was not a good actor. Well, okay, listen. <laughs> I, what I'm saying is, I mean, the Karate Kid, though, is another great... It's a know, great movie. Yes, absolutely. Historically, but he's not a great actor. I mean, if you think about Com it... Compared to Johnny Depp. Well, I know, like, for, if we're going to go Karate Kid for a second, like, there, there was what? There was Karate Kid, then there was the second Karate Kid. I don't remember if it was a third There one. is a third, I believe. There, okay. Because, like, what I do remember is, okay, there's, oh, there's four. Okay, my bad. So the first, I think it's, like, the first two I do remember him, like, you know, being in. But, like, the, I don't know about the other two. Was he in the actual, like, the two other movies? Because that's what I'm trying to remember. Because, like, I know him being that, you know, I don't know if he, like, was also in the other two. But that's not really the point here. But my point is, is he was more well-known in, I would say, probably the first and second one. And not so much probably in the other, like two other ones. Yeah, I, I just, I, Ralph Macchio, I mean, Charlie Sheen and John Cryer no, are no, terrible, yeah, yeah, terrible no, choices. Ter no, no, Ben no. Stiller is a ter another no, terrible choice. I mean, Robert Downey Jr., like I said, it's yeah. an interesting choice, but I definitely would not have picked him yeah. as a, as the, especially as his role. Yeah. Again, great actor, but don't think he should have been doing that role in the, uh, the right. you know, early 80s. But so Doc Brown. Okay, now we go on. Thank you. So Doc Brown, there were really only two people that were initially chosen for that character. And Christopher Lloyd is not the first person. No. And actually, surprisingly enough, this guy, John Lithgow, which I know, and he's, yes, he's been in a lot of movies. He's been in a lot of stuff. Yes. I, and I understand that at that time he was unavailable, but... You know, then he was it was offered to Christopher Lloyd. It was offered to Christopher Lloyd because yes, John Lithgow was unavailable. But those two guys were the only two guys that were first considered. There were others considered, but those two guys were the only ones that were really considered for the role. I mean, John Lithgow, in some ways, I could, I probably could see him, you know, being Doc. But I think with the Christopher Lloyd aspect, I mean, he was just more exaggerated. With a lot of like yeah. his his way of saying like great Scott, you know, and yeah. like you know how he was acting. Point twenty one gigawatts, you know, <laughs> like you know the way he was acting, like yeah. it, it made that role, and I think that's why you know if John Lithgow did it, 
Like he he does some funny you, moments. I mean, but. if you put I think John Lithgow and Eric Stoltz together, oh, I think it would have been I think that they would have been more serious, and I think that that would have changed the direction of the movie. So what if they did like an alternate universe where you know it is you know Christopher you know Lloyd and Michael J. Fox together, and then it's both Eric Stoltz and John Lithgow. Like, you know what I mean? It'd be kind of weird, but, like, that would be an interesting concept, like, to have both of them in, like, different realities. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, John John Lithgow, I mean, I do love him as an actor, but, um, you know, I think the only guy that I would actually consider as Doc Brown would be Christopher Lloyd, because he just, he was iconic for the role. And, I mean, there were others considered. You know, I mean, some of the uh, some of the other guys considered. I mean, Jeff Goldblum. Yeah, which I know. Granted, like Jurassic Park. I mean, he did an amazing job in. But like knowing, I don't. I mean, I don't know if it, Jeff Goldblum has that same. <laughs> no, I I, I, I meant that you know, Christopher Lloyd uh, has. No, and I agree. But I think Jeff Goldblum would be really kind of weird in that role because he it was the way he would act you know especially now like his way of acting is not how i would have pictured doc brown you know what i mean i mean if you picture him in jurassic park and then you put him in, i'm sorry but if you just put him in back to the future and he just has those really weird dramatic pauses it just it, it really just makes it really weird i mean then but the thing is is then he'd be like great scott you know, it'd be like this weird pause in between yeah. even words. And so, you know, granted, I mean, granted, the Jurassic Park series didn't happen until a lot later than these movies. But, you know, looking at it, you know, now I'm like, no, yeah. I couldn't imagine. I mean, some it. of the other guys, Dudley Moore. I mean, he was he was big in the 80s, but I couldn't see him doing it. Robin Williams. I mean, that would have been you funny, really though. if you really wanted crazy, then that would have been the role. Robin Williams would have been crazy. That would have been off the wall. <laughs> and I don't think Robin Williams couldn't have pulled it off, but I think it would have been more offbeat comedy than oh, it would I, have been. Oh yeah, no, like what Christopher Lloyd did. I agree, and I think it would have been probably the most if serious movie you would ever see. Though <laughs> anybody could have pulled this off, would have been John Cleese. Yes, and I think John Cleese Brit- could yeah. have pulled this role off. And I think with the British you know, kind of humor that he's already done in the past. Yes. I think it would have been a great kind Especially of Especially like his experience with, you know, Monty Python and, and a lot of the sketch comedy that he's done. Like he could he, have improvised easily. He's the guy that could have pulled it off. Um, Manny Pattenkin. He's, if you don't know who that guy is, he's, he's the guy from Princess Bride. He's also from a lot of different shows. He's basically in one of my, favorite he's, scenes he's, in that movie he's john's boy as i as hey, i call him because well, i had to realize what he meant by that but basically it's the guy who plays indigo montoya so he goes you killed my father you, you know he's like my name is indigo montoya <laughs> you know you, you killed my, my father, father prepared to die and then he would say prepare. it multiple multiple times prepare but, to die. but again i can't imagine him doing it because no, no not, not somebody i would have imagined and a couple other guys gene hackman and james woods James Woods would have James been, Woods. I mean, come that, on. I, I mean, all I think of is like the Family Guy thing. It's the all ooh, I think about crazy. is James Woods in in the movie Vampires, and I go, what? J- James Woods as Doc Brown. I mean, if you wanted a maybe a horror movie or some offbeat like inappropriate comedy, sure like, you could. Sure, add. yeah, absolutely. But not for Back to the Future. 
Yeah, and a lot of the other actors, like some of them I knew, some of them I don't. Like I don't know Ron Silver. I I had to look him up. I honestly did not know who he was, and I actually looked at some of the movies, and it yeah, it I had no idea, and I really don't really care to know if he would have been. I mean, a good yeah, he, I mean, he was in a lot of '80s movies, but I mean, nothing that was like significant, significant, and nothing that was like you know, Back to the Future. But Christopher Lloyd, I mean, he was a perfect choice for the role. I mean, he was. No, I, I hands down. Like, if if you chose somebody else, I mean, I would say the only other person I would say, like you, you and I agree on, is John Cleese. Like, yeah. I, I think John Lithgow, maybe in some ways, but not not to a degree. But I think John Cleese with the improv yeah. and how he would do it, I think he would have done well in that sense. So one of the, you know, I think most times when you see a dog in a movie, nobody really ever knows the name of the dog. I mean, that's true. I mean, because it, it depends on how many times they say it. You know, because like unless yeah. they go, all right, Lassie, or like, come here, boy. You know, and in whatever. And the I name think is, even but. even Lassie's name probably wasn't Lassie. I have to, I'd have to look that up. But you know, we have Einstein, who is you know Doc Brown's dog, who's a, a cattle and sheep dog. That yeah. that's the kind of dog that Einstein is. I I guess I'd ever I didn't know that. That was not. Something I, I, I had knew. to look it up. I I didn't know either. But he's a cattle and sheep dog, and. Einstein's name is actually Tiger. Interesting. Yeah. I, I love how it's and two extremes, but initially in the script, Doc Brown did not have a dog. He actually had a chimpanzee named Shemp. Yeah. So that's interesting because all I could think of is literally the three stooges. <laughs> the three stooges, yeah. You know, Shemp, you know, being a a moron. But but it was it was one of those things like the creators and the the producers and the studio kind of came back and was like you know movies that feature sh- you know chimps never succeed so they ultimately changed it to a a dog well what was the there was a a movie with um tom hanks and he well, had it a... no, was turner and hooch oh there yeah, 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 you go so like i mean you know granted i mean i think there was a uh, a clint eastwood movie too where he there was a chimp in the movie too but I mean, right, that was a long time ago. But that yeah. was a long, long time ago. But, yeah, I mean, I think most times, like, we see dogs in movies. I mean, yeah, like, like I think Cujo is a perfect example. <laughs> yeah, you know, no, yep. Everybody right. associates the name of that dog to Cujo, but that's not the dog's name. I don't know the dog's name. If you want to send us a message, send us a message. Because I, 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 don't, I don't know the dog's name. But the dog's name is not Cujo. I, but everybody, like, you see the dog, and they're like, oh, yeah, that's Cujo. No, it's not. There, there's an actual name for that dog. All I could think of is a little like side story, but you know, my my dog. Well, let me rephrase this. It's my my dad's dog and my stepmom's dog. His name's Fritz. Okay, and this this kid across us, literally right next door. Okay, was this dude is probably I don't know, fifteen, sixteen years old, maybe. Okay, and this this guy has a pity for their pet too, to be exact. And the worst part is, Fritz is this like little. Uh, I don't even know what, what you call him. He's a, he's basically a mutt. But uh, yes, the the point is though is this this dog is tiny. Okay, he's about eight nine years old, and you know this kid all of a sudden, you know he was walking by, and then Fritz was like, you know, growling at him and like running after him, and then he was literally running the other way. Okay, mind you, this dog is like ten pounds. He's not that big. Okay, <laughs> but he called him Cujo, and that's why I started laughing because. It was the funniest thing when I heard the story. And then, you know, it was funny. My dad was walking uh, Fritz one day and the guy, the, the kid walks by and he's like, get him. 
go get him. Come on, come, you know, go get him. You know, and he was just like trying to get after him. And then of course the kid just start, you know starts trying to run away again. And I'm like, are you really afraid of a, a 10 pound dog? No offense, that you could kick over a fence. Like, come on. Like I would be, I would, you know, if it's like a pit bull or a Rottweil or something like that, I'd probably be more apt to. Oh yeah. Start running yeah. the other way than a, a than a 10 pound dog. No offense, like a, I could kick. Yeah, like a 10 pound Chihuahua or something. Like I'm gonna field goal that. No, I was gonna say Chihuahuas are like yeah. two pounds. Get that right, because they're not 10. No, they're probably not ten, but but no, I know what you mean though. But but yeah, anyways, um, I know the kind of like following up with the the other characters. Um, so Leah Thompson was Lorraine McFly, which there wasn't really any. I mean, from what I could research on her, there wasn't really any, you know, stories or anything to share. Well, not really yet. on her character. She just you know Leah Thompson to, yeah. played Lorraine McFly, and she was. The character throughout this, you know, the trilogy. So yeah, and I mean, even uh, the next character, uh, George McFly, who's of course Marty McFly's dad, and he's kind of an important, you know, kind of character, especially in yes. the first movie, um, is Crispin Glover. So I know he's been in. I know he was in uh, Charlie's Angels, he right? Was in, like a villain wise. Um, Which he, I mean, even in you know from the first movie, like he's in the first movie. Oh yeah, no, no, yeah, like and, and we, in the first we scenes we we know that he's in the first movie. When it comes to the second movie, that's where it gets really tricky, because in the second movie, he actually had a, and the 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 story changes depending on like who you talk to, like what article you read, because one article or somebody that you talk to might tell you like, oh yeah, he had a salary dispute which is why he never did part two and three. Interesting. The other side of the story is he didn't actually agree with how part one ended because part one, again, if you haven't seen the movie, stop listening, go to a flowers podcast and listen to that for a second. Spoiler alert. Watch the movie and then come back. Welcome back. (laughs) Welcome back to the series. So at the end of the movie, of the first one, as you know, like when they come back, like his parents are are rich, like they're 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 pretty wealthy, like yeah, they're they're well off. They yeah. they got money. Like Marty has a new truck. Like him and him and Jennifer, like go, yeah, they, are, they they're getting in the truck and they're going for a ride. And that's when you know you know Doc, Doc comes shows back. up. Yeah. yeah, and that's like what Kristen uh, Crispin Glover had a problem with was he felt like that they only went into the past to fix like it was kind of like a corporate like greed you know they were only in it for the money and that was kind of the narrative that that first movie was sharing and that 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 was kind of the reason why he didn't want to do part two see and i disagree with him because like when i look at it it's more like yes marty in a lot of ways screwed it up i mean you could blame the son on this one but like he fixes it and then basically you know, he was like basically overcoming a bully, right? Because that's really what George was doing, going against Biff. Like that was that. And that I think scene. that that's. I mean, that's the change that was made. And I think you have to kind of look at like, I don't think George initially did that in the initial story, where he yeah. stood up to Biff, where he actually did stand up to Biff, and that's the the kind of change that was made. But like, in the you know, Crispin Glover was only in the first movie and did not do part two or part three and there was another actor that actually took his place and that was what the problem was was crispin glover actually sued 
universal. Oh, because wow. what ended up happening was this new guy that took over um, actually had prosthetics put on him uh, to make him look like Crispin Glover. And we're going we're gonna to talk about more of this in, like, in the next episode, but you know, they did more things like putting him in the background instead of the, you know. The four, four yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and, technically, like, in the second one, they, when he was, like, was did he? Yeah, he was hanging upside down. Right, and that was yeah. another thing. Like, they made him hanging upside down. Like, they, they did tricks to make him not look like Crispin Glover, but they still had the prosthetics on him to make him look like Crispin Glover. Yeah, that, okay. And that so they, they used his likeness and... This is kind of the crazy part, and I'm not going to go into the writer strike. Yeah, I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole, but in the um, the Screen Actors Guild, th- this is Crispin Glover suing Universal. He actually won. So I want everybody to know Crispin Glover actually won this suit against Universal and Back to the Future. Oh, because well, that's good. Because of them using his his likeness, um, the Screen Actors Guild actually put this as one of their, you know, um, one of their like kind of rules in filming, like that studios cannot use likenesses in films without the actor's consent, which is exactly what the writers right now are striking about because they're trying to use AI... Right, for the likeness. For their likeness, even though, you know, and, and maybe AI is not exactly included in the, in the writing of whatever this rule is. Well, I mean, because if you think about it, I mean, granted, I don't know if this was the first movie that they did that with, per se. I mean, I don't know. I mean, that's probably another, like history lesson that we'd have to look into but like yeah, i'm sure this happened in the past but i'm wondering if because of something like this because it was an uproar and in, in kind of bringing it like they only made that rule because of what they had for technology where now we've been so advanced that now with ai yes you could literally or even like cgi i mean literally cgi is another thing that they've you know of course they've done and like i think of like um uh, the fast movies or like the fast and furious movies right where you know of course paul walker died on the set of, uh, well, unfortunately he died filming, you know, uh, Fast and Furious 7, but they used his brother instead and then, you know, replaced his face. But, like, it's the same situation where... Well, they did this in The Crow. Yeah. Because, well, when, when he died. When, and, when, and, when Brandon Lee literally died in the filming of The Crow, right? They, they literally replaced his face for the rest of the filming. No, and that's what I'm saying. Like, it, yeah. it's, it's one of those things that, you know... Unfortunately, like those two examples, I mean, were more, you know, I don't know if there was like prior approval or something like that from the families or something like that, but, you know, doing the AI thing now, yeah, I mean, you know, when you, when you do movies or music videos or, or whatever media there is, it seems like you can literally just say, you know what, I'm going to look like Tupac today, or I'm going to look like, uh, you know, Christina Aguilera if I wanted to feel like you know, being like that. I don't know. I'm just throwing names out here because it's off the top of my head. But like, that's the kind of stuff that I can agree that, you know, if you're a famous actor, musician, whatever it is, you know, that's cool. But it should not, you know, it shouldn't be like you and I being like, hey, you know what? I'm going to look like the Dwayne The Rock Johnson today. 
because that's how I feel like doing it. Well, it's one of those problems. I mean, and this is maybe a conversation for another day, but it's it's one of those things like where studios like, yeah, they shouldn't be just using AI like, hey, we need someone who looks like The Rock for this role. Let's use AI. We can put them in. We don't need to get his permission because he already works. He already has a contract with the studio. Right. And, and like, and that's the problem with nowadays. I mean, that's the problem with like big corporations. They think they own everything. And guess what? I mean, yes, they unfortunately do own everything, but it, it, it sucks that they get to play these games and we can't do anything about it because yeah. we don't have fancy lawyers. We yeah. don't have any of this stuff to like, you know, battle and against I, them. I will be the first one to say like, I don't care about the writer strike or about the actor strike. I, I literally like, I don't care. Like, uh, yeah, no, I they can strike all they want. It doesn't mean that I care about what they want. Like, so they can go back to work like everybody else. Like, no, I, I really no, don't. I, I really I, don't yeah. care. No, I agree. But like, I, I do care about their rights. Like, I don't think AI should be like if you're if you're doing a movie, I don't think they should be using AI just because maybe you're not available that day. So they're going to use AI to just film your scenes like no, that. Yeah, that to me is not OK. But like to to say, like, I'm going to go on strike because I want more money. No. no, 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 that's ridiculous. You, you already make more money than most Americans. Why don't you go to work like the rest of us? No, and, and I'm not yeah. going to say anymore, but let's, let's move on. Oh, oh of course. Now, I, when you say <laughs> something, I can't say anything back. The only thing I was going to say is... I just don't want to go down the rabbit no, hole. No, I'm not this. going down the rabbit hole, okay? So the only thing I was going to say is, like, when you look at writers, when you look at actors, right? So writers, yes. Okay, you make a certain... Like, you probably easily can probably make 75, 100, whatever it is, depending on what show and movies and stuff, yeah. right? I want to like, see, I, you know, make, make what's fair for what you're doing. If, if, right. you, if you're writing crap, then you should be making crap money. I mean, if, yes, you should be making 30 grand and be like, here, here's your teacher's salary like, for the, the next year. The people year. that wrote She-Hulk, you should be making crap money. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I agree. And like, that's what I'm saying about... You the know, people who wrote The Flash, I'm sorry, you shouldn't be making anything. <laughs> So, I mean, granted, that's why, again, reboot, uh, you know, but like with actors too, right? I mean, they should it, reboot the reboot. I feel like they should just forget they should everything. Be, they should just I, stop. I, I think they, I think these should just stop. But anyways, all I'm saying <laughs> is, is like with actors and writers, right? At the end of the day, you know, whatever you're putting in, like, that's what you should be getting. You shouldn't be getting literally yeah. like, okay, I'm going to make a hundred thousand dollars for basically making the flash movie. And that's it. Like, I'm, I'm going to say it, John, I'm going to say it. Okay. I thought we didn't want to go down the rabbit hole. I'm going to just say this one thing. Okay. Whatever happened to imagination? <laughs> there like, you go. No, what, I agree. Whatever happened to using imagination? No, like, I, yeah. I, I, I understand, like, not using AI. And that should be, like, number, like, that should be number one. Like, I shouldn't have to go to AI to come up with ideas. So, like, I, if, yeah. if I'm writing a script for Batman, I should not have to go to ChatGPT to go, Give me ideas to write a Batman script. <laughs> no, I agree. I think the only thing is, though, is that if you're going to do that, then we've already talked about this. Talk to fans. If I have to do that, I should, I should go to my supervisor or the studio, and I should go, I quit. Because, no, <laughs> because you I, can't if, do your job. Yeah. If, I, if I'm a writer for a Batman movie or a Batman animated film, and I can't write a script for Batman, I don't deserve to be there. No, I, I agree. What I'm saying, though, is, like, talk to the fans. Talk to little kids, man. I mean, look at how much imagination they have. Hey, I mean, talk if, to anybody who's if got If you don't have the imagination to write a Batman script, you shouldn't be writing. 
Maybe you should write a script on flowers or, or ASMR. shopping yes. or ASMR. Yeah. Anything. Anyways, we're, we're, we're off track here. Anyways, so Thomas F. Wilson as Biff Tannen. Uh, I don't know if really anybody else was considered, to be honest. Honestly, in my opinion, even if you tried to have somebody else, I think he just did a good job as playing that bully kind of yeah. scenario. Well, I, actually, I do know that there were other people considered. I just don't know what their names are. But I do know it was the, the, the kind of two cronies that he had with him. Um, it, you know, the two, the two friends that he always had. You know, he had him in the, in the 50s. He had him in the 80s. And he had him in the future. And those two, you know, those two kind of sidekicks, I guess, if you want to call them, yeah, um, right. I know they were auditioning for Biff. Right. Uh, you know, Gail and Zemeckis never really considered them as intimidating as Thomas F. Wilson was. No, and like I said, like he did a good job as playing a bully, and he just he had that persona. He had that, right. you and know, so that, that you know that's why ultimately like he was taken, you know, as he was put in that role, and you know, it was funny because like when the name for the character was, was created. Um, there was a universal studios executive named Ned Tannen that had been unpleasant to Gail and Zemeckis. And that's where Biff Tannen's name came from. It, it's pretty sad that they're like you know what we're just gonna take this guy this random dude real quick and we're just gonna make him his last name in the film just because we want to give him like something yeah it's like come on man like make up a different name you don't have to do that i mean granted i know in like um i think it was in star wars actually now i'm thinking about like poe dameron was like a it was like a backwards name for i think it was his daughter or like the the director's daughter or something like that yeah it was something different like that and that's cool but like Come on! Like, why am I gonna take a producer's last I mean, name? You almost and put wonder, it in the like, film? if if some of the like the script choices were something like that. This certain executive like set, like you know, like make like a tree and leave, or you know, make like yeah. a tree and get out of here. You know, like you almost wonder if like some of those things like that Biff says in the movie, like, are things that this guy actually says, or if they're just kind of like making fun of this guy. Like, oh yeah, no, I, I agree. I think they're just making fun of him at that point. Yeah. So the other, I mean, the other kind of key component to this movie is obviously the time machine, right? So well, the the DeLorean, I mean, it was the most iconic car in the 80s. In the 80s, yeah. And, you know, the DeLorean was, you know, I mean, it had the... The, the, the appeal. It had, it had the, the, the doors the that opened, doors, yeah. you know, yeah. And the DeLorean was actually intended to look like it was fixed together with common parts. So the way that it was made and put together was intentional. No, and I agree that I think with the look of it, I mean, if you were to do anything different from what it was originally supposed to be, you know, used, you know, it's definitely one of those things um, that I don't think that you could have easily replaced. Like, because if you, I guarantee you now, like if you had that exact same car and you brought it to an auction, now like right now in like 2023 yeah i guarantee you that's gonna make easily i'm gonna throw a million I'm, I'm gonna say like 50 100 million yeah because of how iconic and it's kind of like um uh was it um i can't even remember now it was uh it was the talking car 
the oh, kit. Kit. There you go. Night Rider. Yeah. Okay. Because I'm just, I'm sorry. I'm just I'm trying to think like like something like that. I mean yeah. that's gonna go for millions as well. But like that's what I'm saying. Like you take yeah, a like, like iconic that. cars like that. Yeah. And it, what's funny is like the the actual quote does have it has the f word in it, which I'm not gonna say. <laughs> I, I'm I'm gonna refrain from from doing it in this episode. Well, wait, 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 wait. This episode, the Ford Motor Company actually offered a seventy-five thousand dollar ford mustang to use in this movie instead of the delorean nah, I, and bob gale actually responded doc brown doesn't drive a blank mustang <laughs> so i agree and that's the f word no 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 right yeah. no, no I, I i agree yeah. that if they chose another car for this movie it i don't think it would have been the same i think it would have probably made it worse I think because they chose this very carefully in how they wanted to use the DeLorean, I think it really stood out. Yeah, I mean, like, it was kind of like the the gullwing doors. Like, I I think for them, like, when you're looking at 1950s, like, there were no cars in the 50s that had doors that opened like this. So it it was very much like, you see doors that open like this, and they probably would have thought, yeah, this is like a UFO or something. Like, I don't oh, know what this is. No, I agree. It looks like a car, but I don't know why the doors open like this. No, you're right. And I mean, especially when, you know, back then, I mean, you're talking cars that were, you know, strictly all metal and like they had great, you know, exteriors and this and like that. And I mean, they were classic cars, but like, you know, back then, um, it just wouldn't have never been the same. You know, right. and like, and I just keep saying like the DeLorean, if it was ever changed, it just, it honestly would have made the movie like crap. Yeah. So there were three DeLoreans that were used, um, or they were purchased from a collector. So there was one that was used for stunts. There was one for special effects. And then there was one, uh, they kind of called it the, the hero version, um, that was used for more of like the close up shots. So like them getting in and out of the car and one one of the things that was you know said in a lot of the articles that I looked up is a lot of them you know all three of them were very unreliable and they all broke down. Uh, of course, <laughs> they all, of course, of course they did. I mean, it's interesting that you know they had to have three different cars for literally just even just like little bits of pieces of it. And it, well, and I think it, for most movies, I think that you know, I mean, obviously you, you look at Fast and Furious like. Most movies that have cars in them, I think you have to have multiple versions because, well, yeah, there's way whatever you're whatever you're doing for the cars, like you have to have like those certain stunt versions where you know Fast and Furious, like you have you know certain cars that are jumping off, you know, jumping ramps and going off buildings and like. Some of those are CGI, but oh, no, no, yeah, of course, but no, yeah. I mean, like nowadays, like you know, Fast and Furious twenty five, like they're yeah. <laughs> they're all CGI, yeah. but no, I, I agree that you know, with like if you're looking at movies like Fast and the Furious, I mean, they they would have had to have multiple cars, they would have had to have certain things, but they're of course just like in Back to the Future, like they have certain cars that are iconic in those movies because it stands yes. out, yeah. and like that's why, again, I and that's why I, I keep mentioning like if you if you were probably an eighties kid, right, I guarantee you you would have wanted to have a DeLorean, at least to ride in one or have a, a chance to do that because yes. that was the car of the 80s, like plain and simple. Like that's what you would have wanted to drive. Yes, I'm saying in, this. In as, high school, when I went to Universal, they had, I don't know if they still do because I haven't been there since high school, but they actually had this on display with the doors open and everything. 
I think I I don't. So I went. Uh, it was say, like 2006. I, I mean, think you couldn't actually go in it and sit down and anything because they have like you know they have it closed off. I mean, yeah. not closed off in a you know, but they have it roped off. So I think I know what you're talking about because I don't actually. It wasn't 2006. It was 2007, I believe. But um or whatever. But the point is, I do remember going to Universal. I think it was like in eighth grade, and I. I want to say it was still there. I don't know if it yeah. is now because I think they've gotten rid of a lot of things, but I, I want to say that it probably was still there. But I mean, even just getting a chance to like, and most of the time the doors are closed, but when we went, the doors were open and seeing inside the car was even, even cooler because like you can actually see the flux capacitor and you can see the dial yeah, but, and yeah. everything was on. Like you can see the dial, you can see like all the stuff. It was really cool. But the other cool part was, in Universal, like in a certain spot in Universal, you can actually look down and you can actually see the studio yes. where they filmed Back to the Future. So you can see the, the clock tower. You can see the street. You can see the whole yeah. city. So Universal, I mean, I, okay, I'm going to mention this. Like if you ever get a chance to go down to Universal, um, you know, they have a lot of cool stuff. I mean, I even remember back in the day when they had the original Jaws ride. The stupid yes. one. I, and, I went on it that. Was, it was dumb, but it was funny how like the Indiana, guys were... Indiana Jones. They yep. had an Indiana yep. Jones thing, it, too. And yeah. they had... What was that? I think it was like Men in Black, and they had Twister. They had a, all these other ones, did too. They, did they have the Terminator thing? I Yes, they would have. Yes. Yeah, they would have had it down there. But like, it's crazy. Like, of course, now it's all changed because like, um, I want to say Harry Potter's a new big one yeah. in, that, in that kind yeah. of realm, right? But like, there's certain ones in there now that, of course, they've changed. I know they got rid of the Jaws ride. I'm pretty sure they got rid of like Men in Black. So it, it's kind of, you know, it's, it's kind of sucks. It's shifted, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, at the same time, I think it was kind of cool if you could experience, you know, that kind of I realm. think they had the Magnum PI car, too, which was kind of cool. But anyways, um, 88 miles per hour. That was chosen for the time travel speed. One, because it was easy to remember. And two, because the actual dial in the car quote unquote i i'm using quotations you can't see them because i'm you know only talking of course um cuz it looks cool on the speedometer but the the funny thing about the delorean was the top speed on the delorean was 85 interesting cuz i would have thought it would have been a <laughs> lot faster than 85 so the speedometer only went to 85 so then so how did they, they get they actually added a digital uh... speedometer on the dashboard that showed 88 okay and that okay, that and would that's make sense. why that's why you know it, the eighty eight looked cool because it was just an eighty eight and it was, you know, it was easy to remember. And I mean, technically, I do remember. So I had a um, it was a ninety six Jeep Grand Cherokee and it was a white one. And I'm pretty sure, if I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty sure the fastest speed I could go was like either eighty to hundred. Because I think it was weird. Like I think it was like eighties and nineties that they only decided to give you up until like that 80 hundred mile mark because after that it was kind of like you better you better go into like the supercars or you know stuff like that because literally nowadays like the highest speed you can go is about 140 for most like cars or trucks or something like that like now but like back then it was like okay 80 100 maybe if depending on the yeah, i mean and seriously like nobody really needs to go 140 i mean i mean if you're a daredevil most, yes but. most highways are only about 70 you know, maybe 75 at most, I but mean, like you really don't need to be going 140. I mean, I, I've seen people go like 100, 120, but I mean, you know. And, just, and that's where you end up with a cross on the Ever Turnpike. I'm just saying. <laughs> no, I'm yeah, just no, you're saying. Right, you're right. No, I'm you're just right. saying. But, anyways, so 
Well, the one thing about the the time machine in Back to the Future is it, it wasn't always a DeLorean. Okay. And that might be shocking for some people to hear, but it wasn't always a DeLorean. Um, at one point, it was actually a refrigerator. <laughs> so I love how we have Hot Tub Time Machine, right? We have the movie. But like a refrigerator? It, like, it, it was actually a refrigerator. Like, and, you know, Spielberg actually vetoed the idea because he was concerned that children watching the movie would be going into their refrigerator. Trying to go back try, in time. Trying to go back in time. Um, of course. Which I could see, I could kind of see happening. Um, and I think one of the original scripts or, or stories that I heard was, um, you know, Marty was driving some kind of a box truck or like a truck with a trailer. Yeah. Um, and the time machine was in the trailer. Like it was part of the truck. Okay. And it, it wasn't like a DeLorean. It was actually in the truck. So he was... Um, from the story that I read was there was some kind of a, like there was going to be a nuclear explosion and he was using the nuclear blast to power the time machine so that he can go back in time. Okay. And that's like the kind of one of the initial stories obviously changed because that didn't quite make sense. No, no, I agree. I mean, I mean, I'm glad that Spielberg, you know, decided to like veto the idea because if it really was a, a refrigerator, I mean, my God, I feel like everyone would be like, hold on, let me just open up the fridge and like, you know, start playing with dials and stuff. And then you're like, oh, I guess my refrigerator isn't working now because now you just ruined my fridge. Thank you. But like, you know, I agree. Like, I think the, the idea of having a car, you know, going at fast miles per hour and granted, probably most kids are like, yeah, I want to get in behind a car now. And like, you know you know, start going 88 miles per hour, but it's like, no, like, listen, that's not, it's, you drive it. Trust me. I've, I've driven about, yeah, I mean, speed, but most but, kids, yeah. most kids aren't driving cars. So that, I mean, that's, that's a little bit different, but no, but know. like, but the thing is though, is that they think in their mind, like, oh, okay, I'm going to, you know, be like a race car driver. Yeah, and start go 88 going. miles an hour. Like, yep. Got to go with a clock tower real no, quick. Shut up kid. <laughs> Just yeah. shut up. All right. But like, you know, I, I feel like, you know, if you were like, Hey, we're going to pass this clock tower. Hold on. Let me get this like, you know, giant hook you know, ready to go and like, you know, yeah. go exactly that speed. It's like, okay, that, that's not going to happen, kid. You're going to stop and you're probably going to fly out the car, but it's cool. But, you know, I think we're, I think we're good, Matt. I mean, this, this part one, I think was pretty good. I think, you know, for the most part, it kind of just talked about the whole thing, right? Because I mean, if you haven't seen this movie, well, sorry, we just spoiled a lot of it for you, but if you haven't, well, I mean, I, the movie came out in '85, so if you haven't seen it, then <laughs> I mean, clearly, clearly, us ruining it is is the worst of your problems. I mean, I think at the end of the day, if you haven't seen it, go check it out because it is really a geeky movie. Um, it definitely kind of embodies, like again, like what Matt and I talk about all the time. And and so, you know, if you like, you know, futuristic and in that kind of like, you know, interesting vibes that the '80s give, like that's that's a perfect, you know, kind of series of films that you should watch, right? And yeah, when it comes down to, you know, our podcast, man, again, hit us up. Tell us how much you like us, you know, whatever you want, man. We're here. You know, we got a merch store that we've been mentioning a little bit about. But if you want to go on there, check us out. I mean, we got T-shirts. Again, we got a hat. We got a few other things. I'm not going to go into it. But we figured, hey, you know, go in there, check it out. Let us know. And as always, stay geeky. Stay geeky.